Welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, as we ease into 2024, we're taking a quick look back into some happenings that you may have missed as the year turned over. Columbus Underground co-founder and editor Walker Evans discusses a myriad of stories, including the latest in transportation, climate change, local politics, and a dash of comedy here in the capital city. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with Walker Evans, the editor and co-founder of Columbus Underground, Walker, how are you? Great. How are you, Tim? I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hey. There was a lot happening with the holidays and everything. There was. We, uh, first of all, in the interest of making sure that we keep this thing weekly, Mm -hmm. and additionally, a lot of stories that we think some folks may have missed with all the uh, family stuff and everything else that was going on in the city. So thankfully, you wrote me a little punch list here Yeah, to go through the stories. First up... Uh, the Hyperloop is dead. Yeah. Uh, there were some rumors that started floating around that the company is winding down and laying off staff and selling assets. And so once that kind of got out into the uh, the larger uh, ecosystem, everyone kind of latched onto it pretty quickly and saying like, yeah, we kind of knew this wasn't going anywhere from the beginning. <laughs> and they did acknowledge it or? Uh, I'd have to go back and check. Uh, December 23 was when I saw the report uh, from Bloomberg. Okay. And so I reached out to folks at the city who their responses were kind of like, yeah, okay, it's gone. Okay. Yeah. But the, the, uh, the, the silver lining, I think, that everyone was trying to paint, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is like in retrospect or this is the way it was kind of seen all along, was we got federal funding to study this, but we studied it as like, what would it look like if it was Hyperloop? What would it look like if it was high-speed rail? Hmm. So the study was kind of done knowing that the Hyperloop thing might not pan out. Mm-hmm. So at least leveraging the money to put in the study. And so some of that funding and study is going to be used for Amtrak. So always good to have contingency. The money's not fully wasted. Yeah. Smart yeah. City has a win yeah. uh, on their belt. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So also in transportation news, Bird Scooters... They're out of the market. Uh, well, they filed for Chapter 11. Oh, excuse they, me. They filed okay. for bankruptcy. They said out of the gate that nothing is going to change okay. in, right immediately. Mm-hmm. Probably <laughs> we might start to see them go away. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's always the disclaimer right away. Chapter 11 does not mean going away entirely. It's a financial restructuring. So um, I don't know if any of these scooter companies have ever made a dollar. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a novel idea, right? And I, I work in a space where it, like Amazon fulfillment or drop shipping or anything, it was like anybody can start a scooter company. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's yeah. going to happen. If you get a whole bunch of venture capital up front, so you can just burn through that cash until it's gone. If anybody wants to start an AI <laughs> company, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trees. And I will be honest i don't know what this story is about so the city of columbus in december uh sorry i should say the city city council okay. uh, voted uh on december 11th to change the public tree code um so there's an urban forestry master plan really plant more trees preserve more trees 
the more trees, the better. Okay. Um, but they actually took a step toward uh, some of those protections, basically making it more difficult for people to just cut down whatever they want on their properties and, and that sort of thing. Okay, good. Yeah. And, I mean, basically, and the big thing here is cut down a tree, you either have to replace it or you're paying a fee. Pretty much, yeah. Got yeah. it. But before that, I, I think it said that um, the code had not been updated in, since 91. Okay. So multiple decades, you know, but kind of bringing it into compliance with where they want to head in terms of sustainability. Great. Yeah. Up next, food trucks. Yeah, so this this was news uh, announced today. We heard about it a couple weeks ago. Okay. Uh, off the record. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Embargoed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chaz Kaplan and Mike G, they've been doing the food truck festival for, I think, like 13 years. This mm-hmm. might be the 13th year. Uh, originally, it was downtown at Columbus Commons. It was one of the first big festivals at Columbus Commons when that park was finished. Um, did it there for a couple of years, moved it around. It's been out at the Franklin County Fairgrounds in Hilliard for okay. the past three or four years exclusively. Um, they are bringing it back downtown uh, over to the riverfront, like the Scioto Peninsula area. Oh, okay. Um, and they're doing two. So they'll be doing that and the Hilliard version in 2024. So kind of exciting news. They're pumped to bring it back downtown. Any backstory there about like why back and why staying in Hilliard? Is it just who? Because there's multiple audiences, right? There's a municipality, yeah. there's yeah. a food truck, mm-hmm. and there's the people that come and eat food. Yeah. So... Are we trying to uh, butter all sides of our cubic bread? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, sure. Not yeah. to be the na- I'm not trying to be the naysayer yeah. all the time. Well, but. I I, th- I think it was one of the. If anybody went to the very early food truck festivals, it was sort of like a victim of its own success. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was way more popular than they knew it would be. Uh, the lines for every truck were super long. It was right. sort of like they didn't know. So it ended up not being the best location because Columbus Commons is only six acres. Yep. The park. So it's it's kind of small. So moving it to the riverfront, there's more parking. There's more room to spread out. There's more. They've kind of like learned over the past decade how to run it more effectively out there. Um, but I think they also have good partnerships out in Hilliard with the county fairgrounds. They didn't want to just abandon them. So there you go. Yeah. Climate change. Yeah. We're the best. We're, we're the third best. We're the third best. Yeah. And t- take this with a grain of salt because this comes from a platform that they do these kinds of studies and it sounds like they do their due diligence and they have methodologies and peer review and stuff. Right. But it is a company that sells insurance. Okay. Like, like homeowners insurance. Yeah. Which um, is that, frankly, that is the type of content that they put out. They're like, yeah. this is the most flood prone exactly yeah yeah so they looked at the top 50 cities in the u.s the the website is policy genius i should say and all these articles are yep columbus underground um the top 50 cities they gave us the top 10 and the bottom 10 columbus was third best okay a lot of it obviously has to do with we're far away from fault lines we're far away from coasts okay um but it's not really good news to be like it's you know you're (laughs) <laughs> you're not winning a real award by being the third least impacted by climate change. Well, and I enjoyed your cover photo, which I don't know if you created, but yes. it is a picture of the city of Columbus with like, it almost looks like a heat yes. uh, uh, filter over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, third best. It's still going to be hot, guys. That was uh, a, a fun little Photoshop job that I did. Um, but yeah, it said that our uh, extreme heat days will rise from... Two on average per day to twenty per year. Uh, per I'm sorry, yes, per year. Okay, T- twenty on average per year in the summer. And I can't remember ex- off the top of my head what exactly extreme heat is. If that's like 110 or if that's like a heat index level or whatever. But it's real bad days. It's not good news. But okay, we could be Florida. Yeah, 
Yeah. I think like five of the 10 worst cities were all in Florida. It's like Tampa, Orlando, St. Yeah. Petersburg, Jacksonville. Like, yes. Miami will be underwater. There is a reason <laughs> to like staying here. Yeah. And I think, you know, to some degree, just to piggyback on this, and I, I didn't really go into this in the article, but I think folks like Morpsey are studying, like, will Columbus be a uh, climate refugee city hmm. if people are going to need to escape from places like Phoenix that could become less and less habitable mm-hmm. where are they going well and it only leads into my theory that we are actually headed towards Ready Player One the film <laughs> where yes. Columbus is basically the center of at least the United States right because we got our Intel plant start stacking those trailers uh, yes and uh, now that the new uh, Apple headset device is coming like yeah. we're all that's how we're all just gonna work every day i'm excited uh, yeah it's so bad <laughs> it's still real bad but we'll all just we'll be playing Fortnite instead of the actual game yes and, yeah yeah <laughs> uh up next on the list we are saying goodbye to the vanderelli room yes yeah we we just did uh the final couple events were in december mm-hmm. um had a great nine-year run. AJ Vanderelli really, you know, became sort of an anchor in, yeah. the, in the community with the art space. Um, not all bad news, you know. She'll she'll probably be doing something else. You know, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of cool things going on in Franklinton, but um, it was uh, nice to give it like a very you know good send off. I think in December. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We have seated a new city council. Yes. So their first meeting of the year um, was on uh, the 2nd, January 2nd. Yep. Um, they, you they know, grabbed ping pong balls. They did, yeah. <laughs> Which was interesting because that was a part of the charter and I wasn't sure. They said they were going to draw lots. Right. And I, I ran into one of the city council members like a week ago and said, is that flipping a coin? Is that drawing straws? And yeah. They're like, I don't know. We didn't know. Yeah. Right. So, well, and they didn't know when I interviewed them. I was like, so how does that work? And yeah. they were like, and, but the one joke, sorry, just not to get ahead of you, was Nick Bankston was appointed, yeah. had to run the following year, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then had to run the year after that, sorry, two years after that, because of this new restructuring. And yeah. I joked to him, I was like, He's gonna get you're t- going to get another two-year term, dude. Yeah. That's automatically going to happen. But no. He got four years. He got four, yeah. Congratulations, Nick. Yeah, Shannon uh, Harden, Nancy Day Alkire, Nick Bankston, Melissa Green, and Lourdes Barrio, Barroso de Padilla uh, got the four-year yes. terms. Those five got the four. The other, the other four got the two. Yes. Yeah, but they drew ping pong balls. Or, orange and white ping pong balls out of a bag. Okay, yeah. that's one way to do it. I watched on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Live. It was exciting. Okay. Uh, the minimum wage has gone up. Yes. So it went up 35 cents at the start of the year. Um, hooray for an extra 35 cents. For and this is the state, right? The, the state minimum wage, and it's non-tipped. So the, t- the tipped wage went up a little bit as well, but it's still a lower okay. uh, lower number. Um the other thing that went into effect at the beginning of the year was the uh, flavored vape and flavored mm-hmm. tobacco ban, which, mm-hmm. yeah, you seem sad. I'm not, uh, I don't have a comment on that. Yeah. No. Your I dip, don't. your skull, you can't get the. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I, I am friends with the folks who helped get that passed mm-hmm. and am in theory in favor of it. Sure. But in my, but I do believe. And more so than I thought, how much it would affect local businesses. Yeah. Especially uh, sort of independent folks, maybe from Venezuela, who yeah. own a convenience store, mm-hmm. who service the minority community. Yeah. And like, while, yes, they are serving, excuse me, they are selling a 
poison, a harmful poisonous <laughs> yeah, substance. Yeah. It is a cultural harmful poisonous substance to sure. an extent. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, I, I think it's just interesting because in the past we've seen these sorts of things where Columbus goes first, mm -hmm. you know, other communities follow. So sometimes there's a, like Bexley will sometimes ban these yeah. sorts of things before. I mean, Columbus. just like selling cigarettes to 18 year olds. Like we were sure. all like, that's great. Or sorry, smoking inside bars. Yeah. The smoking ban was in Columbus first before it yeah. went statewide. Uh, so I, I think within the next couple of years, we might see it become a statewide thing. Yeah. And, but I will say, going back to smoking in bars, like that was a to the detriment of a lot of bars mm -hmm. that, you know, certainly were maybe on the periphery of the city. And if you're going to make a choice between, oh, this place in, uh, I don't know, Powell and this place in, uh, sorry, a place in Worthington and a place in city of Columbus proper, yeah. like, and you're a smoker, mm -hmm. which... I'll be honest, at the time I was a full-on smoker, like that's a choice you're going to make. Sure. Or go to a place with a tip jar that pays their uh, yeah. their fees. And I mean, you still could see that on like uh, border, I mean like Cincinnati, mm -hmm. Kentucky, you know, people might cross to spend more time and money in a suburban Kentucky community if they don't have a statewide ban. True. Yeah. I will say the, uh, the other unintended consequence, and I'm not going to name names. Okay. Of the smoking ban back in the day was that you'd go into a place that just always smelled like cigarette smoke. And then once the ban was in place, you found out what the place really smelled like. Ugh. And you kind of <laughs> wanted it to smell like cigarette smoke. Yep. <laughs> it was covering up the worst smells. Yeah. <laughs> kind of ca camouflage. Indeed. Next up on our list is the trans veto by Governor Mike DeWine of House Bill 68. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk through that. Sure. Yeah. So that, that was approved and went on his desk and sat for, you know, he, he let it sit on his desk for quite a while. Yeah. So a lot of people were debating, you know, is he going to sign it? Is he going to just let the time run out? Is he going to, is he going to veto it? Uh, and to everyone's surprise, he, he vetoed the bill. Yeah. It sounds like he listened to a lot of, uh, caretakers, parents, doctors, medical community, and kind of went with what they said versus sort of the political rhetoric, which. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's a secret what my politics are here. I think your secrets are your politics are probably not a secret here either. But it he did have the ability to line item veto. That's something mm. we can do in the state of Ohio, yeah. which you can't do in every state. And to be clear there, that's him going into a law and taking out a part of it. Right. Uh, and chose to just go ahead and defer the whole thing, even with a supermajority that could override him. Yeah. Um, yeah, because this would have denied both gender affirming care, but also banned sports sports. Yeah. yeah. yeah Which yeah. is, I think a much more like, well, people are like, of course I don't want a young man competing with my daughter, which also that's not what's happening, but yeah, whatever. The most pressing issue the most of pressing, our time, pressing issue of our day is anyway, it, a big <laughs> news story right at the end of the year. Uh, I was yeah. surprised. I was pleased, but, uh, yeah, interesting how it went down. Of course, yeah, yeah. Up next on our list, the surprise closing of Clintonville Mainstay Ragarama. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it had been in business for over 20 years. Um, sounded like it was very abrupt from mm -hmm. what I read. Uh, there, there was some discussion on the Columbus Reddit about uh, employees saying, what do I do because this happened out of the blue. I don't even have paperwork saying I've been fired or laid off yeah. or anything. Like how do I even file for unemployment? And I don't know um, what's our journalistic integrity on like, I saw this on Reddit. Like 
just sort of the maneuvering that seemed to be happening towards oh, sure. the end of like even having what I would refer to as tenured employees, like helping to pack boxes up, yeah. not answering questions about what was happening. Yeah. And then discovering that your employee handbook had been updated to make it easier to fire you. Right. It's yeah, I mean, gross. this is all, all alleged, like, I guess. You know, this is yeah, what it people is are saying. That's, yeah. Yeah, we, we did reach out to uh, Ragarama multiple times and haven't gotten an answer on anything. Okay. So. Got it. At the end of the day, it's closed. <laughs> yep, it is closed. Yeah. You can't, uh, yeah. I was going to make a joke. There's no joke to really make. <laughs> uh, speaking of jokes. Yeah. Columbus Comedy Awards happened. Yeah. How'd that work out? Uh, great. Yeah. So, uh, Brock Lesnar and Neff Johnson threw together, I think pretty fast. Like I think they threw this whole event together in the span of about a month. Okay. Um, I think they really just wanted to end the year in a very unified way. You know, that they, they have said, you know, and and I've heard other people say as well that the scene is a little fractured between different groups of people Mm -hmm. and, you know, like it is with any kind of creative community. Yeah. Bands, artists, theaters, theater. yeah. Yeah. Um, but they had a lot of different people there from a lot of different groups. Uh, they got a lot of different people on stage to do sort of like mini performances. There was improv, there was stand up, there was storytelling, uh, tonally it was kind of all over the place because, you know, someone, someone telling like a little bit of a personal story, almost like slam poetry followed by like stand up comedy followed by like a heartfelt, like I won this award. I want to thank these people. So it, it was a little up and down. Okay. Um, not saying it was bad. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. picking nits, but uh, I think they learned a lot. I think they're already planning on doing it again next year. Great. Um, but gave out a whole bunch of awards. And they gave Columbus Underground an award, which is oh. unnecessary, but very kind of them. What was the name of the award? It was uh, Best Media Coverage okay. of, of Comedy in the City. Which I, I mean, I noted it. Yeah, literally, yeah. that is it. True. <laughs> we wrote a lot about comedy this year. It's a cool scene. I enjoy it on a personal level. I've, I've gone to a lot of shows, a lot yeah. of local shows this year. Um but just really nice to see them doing something that was very uh, kind of put putting their arms around the entire scene right at the end of the year. There you go. Yeah. Um, not going to ask what's good and bad in Columbus. Everything's good. Nothing's bad. I want to round out with what are your New Year's resolutions? Who? Personally. Yeah, it's uh, we're a couple days in and I haven't really thought about it a whole lot. I had a couple of things I wanted to do last year that I just didn't get around to, like okay. fun, silly little event-wise sort of things. Okay. Um, so trying. Do you want to like do or just go to or do? Yeah. Okay. I want to have a, a video game tournament. Okay. Did I tell you about this? No. So uh, <laughs> you 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 pay to enter. Everyone pays you know like an entry fee. So there's a prize pool. Uh, you do it somewhere like big, like the Gateway Film Center or something like that, with a big, you know, big screen. Big open air. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can project the oh, competition. We're gonna get like the, the wizard going. Exactly. <sighs> so, but here's the catch: no one knows what video games they're playing until the controller gets put in your hand. Okay. Ready, go. And so you're figuring it out on the fly. The games are funny, ridiculous. It might just be the person that like mashed the buttons fast enough ends up winning. Sort yeah. Of thing. But I think it could be like a fun, silly. I love this idea. Yeah. It's I not for this. hardcore gamers. It's like no for people who just want to. Goof when you off. do, what do you do? Like play for five minutes, and who has ever got the highest score? Sure, yeah. yeah. And it might vary game. Some might be like a fighting game, so there's a definitive winner of that. Yeah, but it wouldn't be a fighting game you'd expect. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's some stuff like that that I want to do this year that just didn't get around to last year. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for your time, Walker. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite comedian. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week.